welcome to the first ever episode of the Generation B podcast. I'm Renee. I am currently 25 years old. I live in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I got into hockey because of my dad, who is also my co-host. Tell me all about yourself, dad. Well, my name, as you know, is dad. (laughs) It's Greg. You know, I've been a Bruin fan since uh, mid-60s. And of course, when I tell people that, they say, oh, because of Bobby Orr. Uh, no, it was actually because of Jerry Cheevers. Um, I never really had a favorite team when I was a kid, but um, I saw Jerry Cheevers play one Sunday afternoon on a CBS national game, and I fell in love with him and the Bruins. Obviously, from being from Fort Wayne, Indiana, like what drew you to the Bruins? Just Jerry Cheevers or like the logo or what got you into liking the Bruins? Well, it was a combination of things. It was primarily because of Jerry Cheevers, but also being a history fanatic, I love the city for that reason. And everything just kind of uh, fit together more or less. And then I found out that uh, I could actually get WBZ in Boston when the Bruins played at night. So that just enhanced everything, and it just all fell together, and I've been a Bruin fan ever since. Now, when did you first go to a Bruin game? Do you remember the year? Was it at the Garden? No, let's see. My first Bruin game live was probably 1979, Raymond Bork's rookie year, and it was up in Detroit. It was in the old Olympia, which was kind of a strange year for Detroit because they played – the first part of the season in the old arena, the old Detroit Olympia. Mm-hmm. And then they moved mid-season to the Joe Louis Arena. So it was kind of weird. As a side note, I got to see the Bruin game at the old Olympia. And then in the springtime, I went to a game at, at the uh, at the Joe Louis Arena. I think they were playing the LA Kings, the the, the Red Wings were. But I just wanted to go to a game. So Yeah, sometimes you just have to go to a game. Especially, I mean, for us, we live in Indiana. We don't have a professional like NHL team here in Indiana. So the closest that we have is Columbus, Detroit, and Chicago. So if you want to go see a game, you might not go see your favorite team, but you're just going to go just to go. Uh, We do obviously have in the ECHL the Fort Wayne Comets, which we had a tie to because your nephew, my cousin, was the head coach. And uh, this just proves that obviously hockey has been a part of my life, my whole entire life, because – I have you for hockey, and I have him for hockey. He actually uh, just got done coaching last year in the VHL over in China. So we have had a lot of ties to hockey, and uh, the Bruin one is definitely the one that ties us all together, the whole family. You, like I said, got me into hockey. I remember just watching it with you when I was younger. I still have my Boston Bruin bottle. I still have the bib. Yep. Socks. Yeah, oh yeah, socks. <laughs> and they were all bought from the Boston Garden. I was all Boston Bruined out in 1995, and now my son is all about hockey. And I said uh, last week that it brought me some joy knowing that my son Beckham likes to watch hockey more than he likes to watch football with his dad. So I have yeah. that going for me. <laughs> I think I think he'll be a Bruin fan. I, I shudder to think that he'll like another team but it's fine if he does I'll still love him but I remember I I remember um for Father's Day one year mom back then you could like put articles in the newspaper and like they did different contests and stuff and she had put from my perspective I think it was like one or two for your first Father's Day and 
she had put in the paper that sometimes I like to beat my head against the wall when they lose just like my dad. Yeah, well, you know, um, I'm probably not a, a good influence on people when uh, when the bees lose, but uh, it is what it is. And just a disclaimer, that never happened. I don't think, have you ever actually, like, what have you done before that was bad when your favorite team is lost? Um, Didn't you, like, almost break your hand on a chandelier? That was when they won. Oh. <laughs> so you injure yourself when they win? Well, I was watching the, um, let's see, the Bruins were playing the Flyers. I was watching the game over at my niece's house, and she had this chandelier, and the game went into overtime. They were, like I said. It of course was, it did. It was, it was playoffs, and they were playing the Flyers. I can't remember exactly what year. So for the overtime, I moved from the couch to sitting on the coffee table, which is close <laughs> to the center of the room, because it was so intense, and I... I wanted a good a good look at it. Sometimes when hockey's so intense, you just have to sit on the coffee table. Yep. Mark Savard scored the game-winning goal, and I jumped up off that coffee table, and I fist-pumped up into the air and sliced my hand open on, on the bottom of her chandelier. Was it worth it? Oh, heck yeah. Well, you know, when Bobby Orr scored the goal, the goal in 1970, I jumped up out of my chair. Yes, they had TV back then, Renee. Um, I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, but that look on your face. <laughs> I knew what was coming next. I was jumping through the house, and we had this doorway, and I remember smacking my head on that. So, yeah, I, I, I take the Bruins seriously. Jeez. Literally getting hurt over hockey. Hey, what can I say? I love the bees. So you actually, I didn't know this about you until I had just asked uh, before we started recording, but I didn't know that you liked hockey before finding the Bruins. I thought that you had just like found them on TV and you were like, oh, this looks like a lot of fun. No, see, it's kind of a strange story. Uh, my dad was born in Mimico, Ontario, which is a suburb of Toronto. Okay. And just to show you what kind of guy he was, I mean, here's a guy that's born in Toronto and he was a Montreal Canadian fan. How does that happen? Uh, the, all I can think of is that the Canadians had more cups. So, you know, I grew up hearing a lot about hockey. My dad loved hockey. Unfortunately, my dad never got me into playing hockey because, you know, hockey's an expensive sport to play even back then. You know, it's not like playing on the school football team or whatever. I never had a favorite team. I just loved the goalies. I loved watching the goalies. I don't know if it was the equipment or, you know, the stress the guys had on them because, I mean, you know, they're – a massive part of the team. Yeah. They and, could uh, be the reason why you win or lose 100%. Right. But you you were a soccer goalie. So maybe that's what drew you to it. Well, the the soccer came after my love for goalies. Oh. So obviously when when my school got a, a soccer team, I wanted to be a goalie. Uh-huh. And I made the team was first string goalie and of course in my in my mind every game I was Jerry Cheevers, and every place we played was the Boston Garden. Just a quick reminder, if you go to coolhockey.com slash THPN and use the promo code THPN for 20% off, and you can get free shipping in Canada. Again, that's coolhockey.com slash THPN, and use promo code THPN for 20% off and free shipping in Canada. So I think it's safe to say, I was going to ask you this, your favorite Bruin player of all time. Jerry Cheevers. <laughs> okay, who's second? I would have to go with number 16, Derek Sanderson. 
Okay. See, mine is, uh, and you obviously have a big reason for this. It's Cam Neely because when I was a baby, uh, my dad always called me his Cam Neely baby because obviously Cam Neely's number was eight. I was born on March eighth at ten oh eight, and I was eight pounds. <laughs> so that number eight has always been my lucky number, and I blame my dad. That night, it was a Wednesday night. The Powerball drawing was number eight. So How do you remember that? Because. You're my Cam Neely baby. It's my lucky number. Wow. I love it. You told me the story about how uh, somebody called you out one time about being a Bruins fan. Yes, because, okay, I have to get into this real quick. Typical, when you have a female who enjoys man sports, typically you will have a male who wants to challenge you. And they want to be like, oh, well, what's, what's blah, blah, blah. Or so-and-so did what this last game? And I will tell them straight up because, yes, I pay attention. Yes, I know what's going on. I'm not just watching it because of the guys, which is the typical response when you have a female who enjoys watching hockey is, oh, you just think that the guys are attractive, which is true, but also I like watching it. And I had a, a coworker of mine, we were talking about hockey, And I told him that my favorite team was the Bruins. His favorite team is the Blackhawks. And he looked at me and he wanted to challenge me. And he goes, well, if you like the Bruins, then who's their captain right now? Like, you could have chose a harder question. As if I'm not going to know it's Chara. Hello. Right. I, I don't know, man. But didn't somebody challenge you about it on Twitter too? Because you posted a picture. Oh, yes. One of my favorite pictures. You were, you were probably. I don't know, somewhere between one and two. Yeah. And I'm wearing a Cam Neely t-shirt, and you're looking at that t-shirt pointing at something on it. Uh Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, yeah, she's been a Bruin fan since practically the night she Yeah, I I love getting called out on Twitter and then just shutting people down. Because in that scenario, someone had asked me, I was tweeting about the Bruins, and they were like, oh, you probably started liking the Bruins when they started winning. So I tweeted on that picture, and I was like, yeah, 25 years ago. <laughs> like, clearly, uh, I have been a fan my whole life, and that's not going to change. And no, I didn't like them just because they started winning. In fact, we had uh, here in Fort Wayne, the Fort Wayne Comets, we mm-hmm. had a, a head coach that he coached when we were in the IHL, and then he came back and coached when we were in the ECHL. But when he was in the IHL, I was still playing – Hockey, pickup leagues, and, and uh, pickup games and stuff like that. But the head coach was Al Sims for quite a while. Former Bruin. Former Bruin, former defense partner with Bobby Orr. And I remember I was leaving, and the Comets were coming out to practice. And Al Sims was getting his equipment out of his trunk, and I went up to him and I said, Excuse me, sir, uh, do you mind if I shake your hand? I've never shaken hands with a Boston Bruin before. And he was just cool about it and everything. He shook my hand, and we talked for a couple minutes. But, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Well, and then uh, our cousin, Gary Graham, well, your nephew, my cousin, uh, he went on to assistant coach with Al Sims. Yes. And, I mean, just the Bruin ties that Fort Wayne has had because uh, Tory Krug's brother played Matt. under Gary. Yep. And Matt Krug. And, uh, I mean, that was always cool to watch. So, yeah, Fort Wayne just has a lot of ties to the Bruins, which is cool because obviously we like them and just having other people here that know what we're talking about is great.
Right, and uh, we also had a kid from Fort Wayne, Freddie Knipshire. He had a, a cup of coffee with the Bruins. He played uh, quite a few playoff games. In fact, he assisted on uh, one of Raymond Bork's goals in the, in the playoffs. And, geez, what year was it? You know, when you get to be 65, the years just <laughs> run together so much, and it, it's really hard to keep everything straight. But, uh, yeah, uh, Freddie Knipshire was a Bruin, so, you know, that was pretty cool. And I'll tell you what. I got to play uh, stick and puck with him a couple times, and one of my one of my best thrills was he centered me a pass from the corner, and uh, I tipped it, and unfortunately it didn't go in. <laughs> it hit the goalie right in the mask. You can pretend it went in. Well, I'm imagining it, and I'm seeing it go in just for you. Just just getting a shot on goal from a pass from Freddie Knipshire who played for the Boston Bruins, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, obviously. It's, it's one uh, of those moments that will stay with you forever. Exactly. I mean, it's not like winning game seven, you know. <laughs> but it's close. It, 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 for me, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. How many times did you go to the original garden? Just twice. Twice? And once. one of those times I was a baby, correct? Yes. You were born March 8th, 1995. Are you sure? <laughs> April 8th, 1995, which was the last year of the original garden, I had a chance to get a couple of tickets and, and get to the garden for the very last time, for me anyways. And uh, so me and my nephew, Gary, who was the head coach of the Comets, we took off on a Friday afternoon. It was a Saturday afternoon matinee game. They were playing Tampa Bay. They were balcony seats almost right on the red line. And uh, we got the tickets. It's weird how we got the tickets. Um, back in, back when Gary started playing hockey, I was looking at camps to send him to. And there was a camp in Boston that was run by a guy named Joe Lyons. And obviously I wanted to have him have something to do with, you know, go to a broom camp. I mean, that'd be awesome. But anyways, I, I got talking, I called to get information on it. And I got talking to Joe's wife, and we kind of struck a friendship via the telephone. And uh, she said, if you're ever out this way, let me know, and we'll get you tickets. A year or two later, my sister took a job out there. Gary's mom took a job out in Wooster, And she wanted me to bring the kids out there to visit her. And I said, okay. You know, and things started to fall into place. Uh I I contacted Joe, and uh, he got us four tickets. For the Red Wing game. And I go up to the will call window and say, yeah, tell my name. And the guy looks at me and he says, these are the best seats on the ice. I said, really? Ten rows behind the penalty box. Wow. And you can look it up on YouTube. That night, it was 91, but they had a massive brawl. In fact, they had two brawls to end the game. Is that the one where they went up into the crowd? No. Okay. No, not no, no. that bra. <laughs> no, not that bra. This was at the garden. Okay. You're talking about the one when they were playing the Rangers and Mike Milbury's hitting the guy with a shoe. Yes, yes. That's the one that I'm thinking of. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, this was wrong brawl back wrong in old time hockey. But this was this all started because of Vladimir Konstantinov. Uh he speared one of the Bruins uh who was it? Jeff Lazaro, I believe it was, if I remember correctly. And both benches emptied, and it was just a massive brawl. Well, it started to clear up, and teams started to leave the ice, and then it started up again. (laughs) Sometimes once isn't enough. So my very first game at the Boston Garden, the Bruins not only won, I believe they beat the Red Wings 5-3, to 
but there was two brawls at the end of the game, so it was just awesome. Definitely memorable after oh, that. Unbelievable. The only the only bad part was Cam Neely didn't play because he was hurt. And in fact, both of my games that I've seen at the Boston Garden, that game against Tampa Bay in '95, Cam Neely didn't play in either of them because he was hurt. Have you seen him play in real life? Yes. Okay. Up in Detroit and Chicago. Gotcha. Okay. Now I want to ask. Uh, I feel like this is all about you today, but for me, I well, mean, I'm 65, so I have less time. So, <laughs> but you also have more knowledge. But I want to know from your perspective because the hockey that I know has, you know, it's been recent hockey right. and within the last 25 years hockey. How is old time hockey different than now? Because obviously, I mean, you see players you know, get away with more stuff now. But then back in the day, they got away with a lot and there were a lot of fights and it was a, it was a little more hardcore back in the day. It was definitely a, a different game than it is now. Today, I think the big shots want more scoring to make, you know, the, uh, the fans happier. They don't want the fights because of the violence. The rules have changed so much that, um, I mean, you used to be able to do a lot more things to, like, obstruct the player. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just, just various things like that. Uh, I mean, it's just the game has changed incredibly. With everything. Everything changes with time. Right. But, I don't know, for my taste, I think it's changed a little too much. I mean, I can, I can see taking some of the violence out of the game because, you know, People just don't understand. Back in the seventies, if they were if they were to go look at the video of some of those games, like the Flyers, the Flyers were one of the nastiest teams. They would be amazed to sit there and watch the stuff that wasn't called. Right. In in in, in respect to today's game. Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bulls broadcast where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony? Anthony Nunschwander. It's it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neunschwander. Anthony Neunschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh no, Jado yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was like asleep in all of German two. Oh, you you, she, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was like me and I don't know five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible <laughs> class. No, we weren't a terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, not going to mention names. Not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was 100% <laughs> not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday, only on the Hockey Podcast Network. You obviously, Dad, have liked sports your whole life, whether it's football, hockey, soccer, baseball. But you, you're you such a fan of sports and certain players that you've had your pets 
named after them. Yeah, I had a couple um, dogs that were named after uh, a couple of my favorite players. Uh, the first one was a football player, Dick Buckus of the Chicago Bears. Okay. I, I wanted to be a linebacker, and Dick Buckus was incredible. And I wasn't a Bears fan, but I was a Cleveland Browns fan. And then uh, later, it was uh, 01, we got a beagle, and the name Bork just was perfect. Bork the Beagle. That was just unbelievable. It's so funny because we had old ladies who would walk by the house. They'd be like, oh, your Beagle is so cute. What's his name? And we'd go, Bork. And they're like, hi, Fork? Like (laughs) F-O-R-K? Bork was a great name for him. Great name for a dog. But it confused a lot of people. You and mom, now, you guys have two dogs. One's named Ace and one is named Bailey, who's former Boston Bruin who passed away, Ace Bailey. I'm sure every Bruin fan knows the story about Ace Bailey. Ace Bailey, you know, Ace Bailey, he was a very good hockey player. I mean, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a superstar, but he was very consistent, very good. I tried so hard to get my fiancé to let me name our puppy Sagan. After Tyler Sagan. Were you going to name him Tyler Sagan as a Bruin or Tyler Sagan as a star? As a Bruin. Okay. You have to be specific on that. I mean, Tyler Sagan, you know, obviously he's a very, very good hockey player. When he played with the Bruins, he wasn't, you know. I think he was just young. He, he was young. He was new. It was all. It was all new to him, and I don't think he took it as seriously as he needed to. But now I think he is. Well, he didn't apply himself. Right. To the full 200 foot hockey rink. Yeah, but he has grown and matured. Well, a lot of it too is I think I think if Bruce Cassidy had been the head coach back then, it would have been a lot different because uh Claude Julian as much as I love him, you know, he definitely emphasized the uh the back half of the ice. Right. And um you know, Tyler he kind of wasn't a back half of the ice type type of guy. But, uh, I mean, yeah, he's he's a very good player. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, I had mixed emotions about him, about the Bruins trading him because, uh, obviously, he was young mm-hmm. and he, he had a tremendous amount of skill. But, you know, he, I just don't know. Back then, like I said, the Claude Julian days, right? he just didn't fit the mold. Yeah, I I think he's uh, flourishing with the Stars, though, which I'm sad about. Also, I mean, uh, watching the last playoffs, as we're recording this, the Stanley Cup has not been awarded yet. Game six will be played uh, tomorrow night. But, oh, man, seeing Hudobin out there killing it. Oh, I'm still so sad the Bruins got rid of him. Well, I think it was a money I know it usually is. I love Dobie. He's he's awesome. Yeah, he's fantastic. And I mean, obviously, I love Rask and Halak. Um, Oh yeah. But yeah, this year with the uh, coronavirus hitting and then having everything postponed, starting up playoffs in July and August. Right. And now awarding the cup at the end of September, maybe even October, depending on if it goes to Game Seven. It it feels right, but so weird at the same time. It would be like having the Winter Olympics in July. Yeah, like it's, mean, just, it's just it's an odd thing. I'm not mad about it because I missed hockey so much. I didn't realize how much I missed it until it got back on. And right. I do a morning radio show, so I'm up at 4 a.m. Staying up until 11, midnight, 
I mean, I'm dead the next day, but it's worth it. Right. Last night's game uh, with the Stars and Lightning went into double overtime. Thank goodness it was a Saturday. But I'm still tired today. I fell asleep in the third period watching it. Woke up in time for overtime. And my first thought when I woke up was, oh, I guess the Stars uh, tied it up. So sometimes you just you fall asleep during hockey. You don't mean to. Right. But you if you have early mornings, it happens. But I uh, obviously was sad about uh, how the Bruins ended the playoffs in game five, second round. It happens, though. It's been a weird season, but I'm just really hoping once they start up the next season. Have you heard, is it going to be December or January? The last I heard it was December, but, I mean, I'm, it's probably subject to change. Right, because I know the ECHL here, they're planning on end of December starting up. Right. And I'm, I just wish that they would start the season with the Winter Classic. Like, why not just start it on January 1st, get that one game out of the way, and then start up the rest afterward? Well, I think I think they should play less games, too, than 82. Yeah. Because then if they don't, they're either going to have to cram them all in. Right. You're going to be awarding the cup again in September of next year. Well, I don't think it'd, it'd go that long, but it's, it's definitely going to be later. And then you're putting the next season into jeopardy, because if you start it on time, then there's less off season for the players and they you know i don't care what anybody says you know these guys are in incredible shape but you need your off season yeah you play 82 games there's no way you can cram that in within a five six month period you put the preseason and the playoffs the two teams that play in the cup finals i mean yeah it's gonna be a repeat of this year where it's just all over the place yeah i mean it's not like it's not like basketball you know basketball you know, it's not it's not a contact game, and it's right. obviously not like baseball. Baseball can get away with playing 162 games. In football, they only play 16 games. Well, yeah, and that's why is that right? Because it's so demanding. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I think, uh, or at least if you if you're going to continue playing so many games, start earlier or end later. Yeah. I honestly just wish they'd they'd play less games. Yeah, I, I I don't think it'll ever happen though because the genie's out of the bottle and and they've already you know, been doing it. It's, so it's, it's you know it, you hate to say it because you love sports so much, but it's money. Money has so much to do with sports nowadays. It's it's kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, next week's episode, I want to talk about the uh, All Star Game. Pasternak was named for the first team. Oh, yeah. And he is the second right wing in Bruin history to get that honor of being on the uh, first team in the NHL All-Star game. That's pretty impressive. I mean, does this mean Cam Neely never made the All-Star team? At least not first team. Cam Neely never? I find that impossible. That's inconceivable. (laughs) How could that ever happen? My dad just realized that Cam Neely uh, was never on the first team in the NHL All-Star game. So he's he's a little shocked over there. I'm, I'm absolutely flabbergasted. I mean, to think that Cam Neely was never a first team All-Star, that's inconceivable. I mean, Cam Neely was the ultimate all-round hockey player. I mean, he would score on you. He would check you through the boards and he will kick your butt 
and do it all on one shift. Now, I'm reading right now that the plan uh, for the 2021 All-Star Game will be January 30th, 2021 at the BB&T Center in Florida, um, home of the Florida Panthers. Obviously, I mean, if this coronavirus keeps up, gets worse, whatever, I'm wondering if they're going to do another bubble situation where they're going to go Edmonton, uh, Toronto, and just do it all there. I don't know. I I hope not, but... Well, you also have to think for the new season, if they're going to be playing in every single city, or are they going to do the the bubbles again? That's a good point. I don't know. Especially, I mean, everything's up in the air right now, so who knows what is actually going to happen. And, uh, I mean, like you said, who knows if it's going to be pushed back again? I don't know, but I think somebody needs to go back and research this because I cannot believe Cam Neely was never a first-team All-Star. I know I'm going to look from, it up right now. I know this is from the Bruins website and everything, but that's just that is inconceivable to me. I know and I know he lost a lot of time with injuries. Okay. He played in 5 All-Star games. Games, right. Was named second team All-Star at right wing in 88, 90, 91 and 94. Never first. Wow. That's amazing. Some things that you want to go back and change when you read them. It's like, well, let me go back in time right? and let me tell you about this guy because he deserves to be first team. He was phenomenal. At least, at least once. Yeah. At least once. Unfortunately not. But we're going to get into uh, talking about the All-Star game. Um, obviously, there are a few free agents right now on the Bruins that I want to get into and talk about because it makes me nervous. Sign Tory Krug. Yes. Sign Tory Krug. Yes. Sign Tory Krug. I will single-handedly say, and I don't care if no one agrees with me on this, but last year when they made it to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals, I know it it hurts to talk about it, Mm -hmm. but I fully believe that... 70% 70% of the reason why, even I'd, I'd even go as far as saying 80% of the reason why they got as far as they did was because of Tory Krug. The heart and dedication that he had, it's beyond anything I have seen in recent years from hockey players. Tory Krug, he is... He's he, everything. <laughs> he, he is just so good. And he's not that big of a guy. Right. And his heart... And a passion for the game. You know, he reminds me a lot of Ray Bork. Mm-hmm. A, a smaller Ray Bork as far as his passion is concerned. And his love of the game. I mean, and, and you know, I mean, he grew up just north of our border here. He grew up in Michigan and played a lot of his hockey up there. And, um, you know, I, the guy, I just cannot imagine the Bruins without Tori. Right. I mean... There's there's a few other guys that uh, I wouldn't care if they you know got rid of or or traded or they didn't sign whatever. We'll get into that next week. But Tory Krug, no way. He's just he's too important to so many aspects of the right. Game. I'm eager to hear on the next episode who you wouldn't mind left. Well. I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Thank you so much for listening to episode one of the Generation B podcast. I'm your host, Renee. And I am Renee's dad, Greg. The other host. (laughs) Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week.